Hey you, what's happening at work? What's keeping you up at night? What's causing you frustration or depleting your wellness at work? Talk to me and with me. This is Joyce O'Dedison, your host with the What's Happening at Work show, where we create solutions to work, live, and play well. Join me now for next episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome here. Joyce Dinnison. And I have a guest with me today. David Stewart is uh, one of the managers at Cereal Inc., where they focus on that community recovery for mental health and addictions. So, so excited to be having this conversation with you, David, and welcome this morning. I know you're going to be a speaker at the Global Workplace Wellness Summit, and I was just sharing how, you know, things happen, how much we need this kind of topic and interventions in the workplace now, and how much we need to um, go beyond what we're experiencing in our own lives and start to recognize that we have a responsibility to help and to be there for others. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Joyce. Thank you for inviting me today and for inviting me to uh, speak at the summit and uh, be a part of the panel discussion. So Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that. And uh, I couldn't agree more. There is uh, uh, just the, the, the culture that surrounds us today and especially in the workplace Mm -hmm. is something where you know, we spend a lot of our lives at our workplace uh, and, um, uh, you know, we're asked to be sort of part of that family of that organization. And so as family, they should be able to, to, you know, be open to listening to our stuff and what's going on for us so that they can be as helpful as possible. It helps me do my job when my employer is understanding of, of what's going on in my life. So, yeah. You know, there is also a school of thought that says work, your work, people, your colleagues and your boss is not your family. So there is still a level of decorum that's expected. And there is a fine line between showing compassion and care for your employees. And when you start becoming their nurses or their therapists, right? Absolutely. And so there is that balance. As, as more employees struggle with mental health and more, more crisis and pressure happen and more people struggle with uh, their own well-being, we start to see the need for managers to and leaders to be more to more people. Uh, what would you say to them right now? Well, I, I would say that we have to be resourceful as managers and leaders. We cannot be our employees therapist. So we can listen to the problems that are happening and we can help them find the help that they need somewhere outside of the workplace. The workplace is not a therapy session. And so, but there is that need for compassion. We have to first listen so that we can actually get them. Just saying, you know, here's the number for an EAP program Mm -hmm. is not, is not really as resourceful as, as a manager can be. And so they can learn skills and tools to be better prepared for when somebody comes to them with a problem that normally wouldn't be a workplace issue mm-hmm. and uh, but is still affecting someone's ability to uh, to be effective in their workplace. Mm-hmm. You're right, because more and more employees are struggling. 
Um, you know, we have people have have accidents, there's financial pressures, there is all kinds of struggles that are happening, child case issues, there are uh, a lot more workplace dis, uh, distension right now. I know some of our big clients, they've had strikes, or they've had notice of strikes, they've had, you know, people are on the picket line, this is I mean, since the pandemic and as we're getting out, we see a lot more dissatisfaction where from employees. We've had the uh, huge mass resignation and we've had quiet quitting. And we see that undercurrent that's happening as, as leaders that are looking to motivate their team because all organizations need people. Uh, it doesn't matter how small you are, how big you are. You need people and your people are your assets. And the skills that they have, the ability to communicate with each other, to interact, to participate, and to perform at a high level is really all that the organization is going to benefit. It's how much do you invest in your employees' ability to function at work? Because if they cannot function, now we have presenteeism. They just show up and they can't do their work. They're not performing. You're not getting anything. And we know mental health can be a cause of that. It can be a big factor in people having very severely depressed days or days where they cannot uh, work. And many employers are struggling. They don't know what to say, when to say, how to say it. And some don't even know what skills to develop, to, to provide for the employees. So what would you say to them in this regard? Well, that's a lot. Um, the I guess the first thing is that, yes, mental health has, has its own components of having to manage your symptoms. However, there are contributing factors in the workplace that can that can negatively or positively affect someone's level of mental wellness. So feeling like my workplace is inclusive lessens that. Feeling like my workplace uh, hears my voice lessens that. Feeling like my workplace honors and values the work that I do, that they train me where I have uh, deficiencies in in, uh, skill development where they where they look at my my commitment and they honor it by providing career counseling by providing additional training by providing um incentives sometimes monetary but sometimes non-monetary mm-hmm. uh if you look at what the new workforce is looking for money's a money's a part of it but it's certainly not a, a big part of it and i think that's true of of even past generations mm-hmm. the 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 pride you have in in belonging to uh, an organization that has um you know a strong ethical and and puts out a good product and and is quality is very um uh life affirming and and helps people to to want to be at that workplace and to work mm-hmm. effectively absolutely I, and you're so true because employees always say to me i don't feel valued at work i just want to be respected i want to feel valued i want to know that what i do matters and people care about what i do and i think over and over again we we see the struggle 
And sometimes the leaders are not properly trained to identify what's going on and to address it. And that causes additional stress, as you said. Uh, the workplace issues that are going on causes additional stress. And if my if my mental health is 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 lower and this is going on, it will it will impact. And when I'm not getting on with my coworkers or I'm not having the resources I need to do the work that I do or like the training or the tools or whatever support we need. And, and that is so important for organizations to learn about ensuring that people at work are equipped with the tools they need to develop. And, and I love that you're showing how they can actually respond to that. One of the things that we do at Interpersonal Wellness Services and we're talking more about is our well-being intelligence curriculum because the curriculum is based on the 12 dimensions of well-being, but it's also based around um, the nine dimensions of well-being, but 12 competencies that are foundational to the nine dimensions. So we're starting to actually say, let's not just talk about it anymore because competencies can be measured. They can be trained. People can develop competency. They can be observed and they can continue to grow and they can be learned through coaching, through teaching, through training, and we can build in activities. Because so long, um, you know, organizations started investing in wellness programs uh, at least 20 years ago, if not more. But they, there's always been a part of that push to give employees more and to help them because work can be a big, significant stressor in people's lives. And when they don't have those tools, they start burning out and they start wearing out and they start becoming overwhelmed and everything else happens. And I was you know, talking earlier about the compassion fatigue we see. Uh, I don't care anymore. It's not happening. I, I will just barely do my work. I will just show up, right, and just be here. And those are those are not necessarily the cause. Mental health is not the cause. the The issues are underlying, and they can aggravate mental health. And I want you yes. to talk a little bit about the aggravation of mental health because a lot of times people don't understand that we all have mental health. And some days it can be really good and some days it can be off balance. And and then there is mental illness and, and disease where, you know, we can it can get to the point where we become, you know, diseased or have, uh, have an illness that's in crisis. And the, the struggle often is understanding the difference between the two and how to operate within within those two uh, worlds. Absolutely. So we we always put them on a like an X and a Y axis. The uh, the the Y or the horizontal axis is is mental illness, and it's a, it's a continuum from from severe mental illness to managing our mental illness. So the 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 diagnosis doesn't necessarily go away, but it's to the level of how how drastically our symptoms might be affecting us at one point. Uh, as opposed to how well we're managing with that. So for instance, I struggle with anxiety, but I have I have tools, I have the stuff that I need in order to manage my anxiety so that my anxiety doesn't really affect my workplace. Okay. But what the, on the x-axis, the, the vertical, is my mental wellness. 
So I can do things to enhance my mental wellness. You know, when you drive to work in the morning and you get a flat tire, that's going to put your your mental wellness on uh, a bit of a downswing mm-hmm. for the rest of the day. It can affect every interaction and every interpersonal communication that you have. So, so we need to start building up our mental wellness. And that way we can, even with poor symptoms, in our mental illness, we can still maintain a good level of mental wellness. And we call that whole thing our mental health. And we talk about everybody has a mental health. So whether or not you have a mental illness or not, you have mental wellness uh, on a continuum and that that can affect your mental health. Um, And in saying that, what you were talking about, how all of those, um, these things are affecting us and compounding in the workplace is it affects the organization's outcomes. And that's what leaders have to remember. Mm-hmm. So for instance, you um, saw an orderly with with an attitude and that reflects on the hospital that you were at mm-hmm. to have seen that and think, I'm not getting the best care I have. Maybe this isn't the best hospital to be at. Mm-hmm. Think of a business that's working on profits mm-hmm. and coming out with ideas that oh that's not a good place to to do business because of whatever so so yeah everything affects outcomes so organizations and leaders have to look at those things with their employees and make sure that you know they have quality people who are skilled at what they do and and if they don't it it, it really is always the manager's job to ensure that that person has every opportunity to to do the skills. So additional training um, and having that compassion when someone doesn't understand to do it again. Mm -hmm. And that is so true. And that's one of the reasons why we're looking at the, you know, we started working on, I started the work, pioneering the work on the well-being intelligence curriculum the past, you know, decade. Because what we were seeing is that wellness at work was, you know, oh, we have a committee over there who does wellness at work. And those people, the runners or the readers or the people who go for walk or those who do yoga. And it's never, ever become part of the fabric of the organization. Uh, there is no, there is no, no template to make well-being something that if I don't elect for it, I, I didn't sign up for that, for that well-being yoga class. So I guess I don't get anything on wellness in my organization. It just doesn't make sense at this stage with the struggles that we're having, the things that leaders are grappling with for, for there to be an investment. And statistically, about 45 to 50% of organizations have actually invested in some kind of wellness program. Yet only 20% of the employees are participating in those programs. And I'm like, that's a huge gap. What do we do? And so one of the things that we've been doing at IWS is creating this, this curriculum so the competencies can be embedded in sales training, can be embedded in leadership training, can be embedded in every aspect of the fabric of the organization or enterprise. So the fact that you work here, you will benefit from well-being because studies mm-hmm. show us there's a research that that came out and it showed there were two groups of uh, cleaners in the hotels. 
And one group was told, oh, do you know what you do is exercise and, you know, all that hard work, you're, you're burning calories and you can, and the other group was just told, continue on. And at the end of the study, the group that were told that it was exercise, they had lost weight, they had significant decrease in in uh, all diseases and, and their numbers had gone down for chronic diseases like high blood pressure. They, they were more muscular, more toned just because they had the awareness. And I'm thinking there is that knowledge out there. Why aren't organizations taking taking the, the this benefit and using wellness and letting it be embedded, well-being embedded into the fabric of the organization? So because I am working in IT and I don't do meditation, I don't get any well-being. That's not, yeah. that shouldn't be. It should be yeah. part of what I do. It should be part of the organizational culture in that it's embedded in my curriculum in in my in my training manuals uh, our policies should be reflecting well-being so because if we don't we're going to lose the battle we cannot continue yeah. the way we are yeah so, so most of the most of the uh most of the organizations that and not anything against yoga there are certainly benefits to movement and, and meditation however those organizations who have just put in a you know, a sampling of, of, um, you know, what they perceive as wellness, that's a reaction. Mm -hmm. That's a reactive uh, sort of uh, uh, result of seeing that we need to have this instead of being strategic and building it into policies, building it into hiring processes, building it into onboarding. Mm -hmm. And, and then once that does it, it becomes transformative. Absolutely. Right, when it's strategic, Absolutely. it becomes something that is now a part and parcel of your organization. Mm -hmm. People are aware of it; they'll want to come because they will hear that sort of the the benefits, and it will it will likely um, uh, there will be benefits that will be impacted outside of uh, the perception of the organization. So, so the the people who who use your services will also see those those uh, additional benefits. Absolutely. Your customer service is going to be better if your employees are practicing well-being competencies. And one of the things that we started to notice too for some of our clients is uh, enrollment is now, oh yeah, because it's part of what we do. What else? When it becomes part of the cyclus, you know, the the it becomes cyclical in the organization. Every month we're focusing on a different well-being competencies. We we're talking about it in our blogs, we're talking about you know newsletters, we we have different challenges, we have different things. And uh it's not all nutrition and well-being is far beyond just nutrition and exercise. And so yeah. we we've lost we're losing a whole bunch of people when we focus just on nutrition and exercise exercise and and the crisis is is overflowing and so we we're in a crisis of diseases upon diseases and we just cannot continue we cannot afford to continue like that as a society it's affecting us um as taxpayers it's affecting our medical system is not equipped for the level of diseases and and illnesses that are happening at every age group in the in in our society when hospitals were created it usually was for people who had accidents and the older people as they degenerated. But now you go to the hospital and it's everybody, everybody is there. And it's not that they're there because they had a fall or uh, they're there because they, they're actually sick 
and it's disease and, and you're looking, you're like, what is happening? What are we doing? We have to change. We absolutely yeah. have to change. In mental health, we, we say um, uh, self-care is not just uh, scented candles in a bubble bath. Yes. Um, right. So so uh, when we can learn, when people can learn what self-care is and how they can do it, they actually lift their mental wellness that we discussed earlier. Mm-hmm. So saying no when you want to say no is a huge form of self-care. You're doing yourself the biggest favor by, mm-hmm. by saying no when someone asks you to move or something. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and simple things like, you know, developing employee self-esteem. We do a we do an entire course on professional self-esteem because where else are they going to learn it? And you know what clients always tell me and why I'm so passionate about doing this work for the past 26 years is they say to me, Joyce, what I learn here, I take home to my family. The workplace is more than where people take paper clips home. They take the learning and it is the last frontier to deal with this because before it becomes a social problem. Because when they learn it at work, they take it home to their families and they'll say, can we take this course? So can my, my wife have access to this course? Oh, I'd love my teenagers to learn this. So can they use this model? Can I, can I get them to do the assessment? And, and the people, people are hungry for good information on how to stay healthy because nobody wants to be sick. Nobody wants to be sick, but they are ignorant of the tools and strategies to stay healthy and well, and we need to provide it. And and the workplace is a place where people already are geared to learning and development and learning competencies and being tested. And it's such a perfect environment to increase well-being and create strategies, uh, a foundation, you know, competencies, help them. So many times people say, oh, I didn't know there was nine dimensions of well-being. Why? I haven't thought about that. Well, it's our job to provide that information because they're not, they don't know it's then those of us who know it have to share and make it available to them. And, and, and that's why I do this work. And I really commend what you guys do at Surreal for, for the community, uh, the, the community mental health program, because as much as we have EAPs in the workplace and we have all these other benefits, when family members are struggling, we still need community services. So you guys do fabulous work. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Yes, I appreciate uh, your being here today. Thank you so much for your participation. And we look forward to your session at the summit and and how you're going to uh, share with us and, and what we'll be doing, because we know this work is important. It is. All right. Thank All you right, very much for having me. Did a, Thank you, David. Joyce Didison here with What's Happening at Work podcast. Share a like and tell us how this uh, session impacted you and what you've learned about your own well-being. Take care and be well. Bye now. You've been listening to What's Happening at Work. This is Joyce Edison, your host, and I want to thank you for being with us. Thank our guest and our sponsors, Interpersonal Wellness Services, Inc., the Global Workplace Wellness Summit, and of course, the Wellness Competency Mindset Movement. And if you want to hear from us, learn more or get more episodes, join us at interpersonalwellness.com, where we help you to work, live, and play well. Bye now, and we'll see you for another episode.